Well, let's stand together today. Let's look in Hebrews chapter 11. We've been talking about faith these last few weeks, and VBS is about incredible faith. And uh, we want to kind of keep talking about that a little bit more. Uh, we want to continue to talk about this, this fact that it's impossible to please God without faith. And what does faith look like in real practical ways in our life? In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, it talks about some of these great people of faith and it says, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar. And having acknowledged that they were strangers and, and exiles on this earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Father, we thank you for your word and pray you'd bless it to us today. Let us grow and be strengthened in it in Jesus' name. Amen. When this, when this scripture talks about us, uh, these people of faith, seeing themselves as strangers and aliens, it's not talking about seeing themselves as being from another planet. It's talking about us seeing ourselves as of another culture, as another makeup that sees the world and the way the world works differently than the way we saw it before we came and, and became a people of faith and put our trust in Christ. It reorders the way we think and the way we see. This is an important thing for us to work through in our life is how are we to see the world that we live in and how are we to see the circumstances of the world that we live in. And today I, I just want to give us, before we receive communion together, uh, a couple of places that'll, that'll, that'll hopefully help us see the world the way we are supposed to see the world. Uh, here's the first one. Faith sees the world with a desire to walk in God's will. Uh, that its, it's, its chief desire is to know what God would have that person to do and to trust in God in very practical ways, working out his will in our life. Fundamentally, this changes how we go about our business, how we react to the world. And fundamentally, it changes how we approach the big issues of our life. Uh, my wife and I really learned this lesson quite a few years ago. When we were first married, we had a small house. It was a nice house, uh, but it was pretty small. And our, our first daughter was born. Jessica was born. And then about six months after that, Tina came to live with us. And uh, that small house became a tiny house with all the new activity. And it was all fine, but we, if our family was going to grow and if we were going to keep doing the things that we want to do, we needed a little more space and, uh, for our family. So we began to look uh, for more space. And if maybe some of you have been through this experience. The experience we had is the homes that were the, uh, in the right price range 
were too small. And the homes that were the right size were not in the right price range. And we, we seemed to be stuck. We seemed to be in this place where we couldn't quite get to what we thought we wanted and needed. And uh, we fa- actually found a couple that we had liked and we just, just couldn't get there, just couldn't get them. And we felt disappointed and, you know, we'd prayed about it. And we'd, we'd just been disappointed several times. And, uh, uh, but we just gotten no's. Uh, finally, in the process of that, we talked to a, a, a great man in our church at that time. He's not gone home to be with the Lord, Mr. Patton. And, and uh, we talked to him about building it. Maybe we could, he could help us build a house. It would be kind of stripped down. And, you know, we could paint rooms later and we could do things later and just kind of maybe get into a house for a, a, a price. And then as we had money to do things, we could uh, do things. And he said, sure, he'd be happy to talk to us about that. But he, he said, I want to show you what I do first. And he, he took us out to this house. And we walk into this house that he's just finished. And it was perfect. It was the right size. Uh, it, it had a little half basement in it, which, was, which we didn't have. It had an extra bedroom in it, which we, we wanted to be able to use. Uh, it, was just, it was just perfect for us. And I remember walking into... Uh, the bedroom, and I was in the master bedroom, and Renee and Mr. Patton were out in the hallway, and I heard her, I, I'm, and I'm thinking, I know what she's thinking, I'm, this is perfect, this is, this is ideal, just what we want, and I heard her ask him, how much is this house, how much are you selling this house for? And he told her, and I, I, I just laughed, because it was, it was just way out of our price range. And, uh, and so we got in the car, and, you know, after you've seen something like that, your heart sinks a little bit. You know, you, you, here's what you'd like to have, but you can't have. And, you know, we went and got in the car, and, and we were driving down the street. Now, here's one of the things about our, our spiritual walk as a family. We could both take you to the spot in the road on that street where she asked me, is there any way we can get in that house? And I said to her, uh, you mark it up. If we get in that house, it's a miracle of God. And, and I, I, just get, I just forgot about it. As far as I was concerned, it was uh, not there. It was later that day that Mr. Patton called us, and uh, he said, look, my wife and I think you're supposed to be in that house. Uh, we know what the price is, but we, Pastor, we want to help you. And there were several, you know, my parents had helped them and blessed them in the past. And, and he said, uh, he said, we want to help you. And he gave us uh, uh, another. He said, we're gonna, just going to sell you that house as cheap as we can. Here's what we'll sell it to you for. He goes, I'm not trying to bargain with you. This is the lowest we can go. This is what we can do. And it was still out of our price range. It was still too much. And I said, wow, that is, that is really, really kind. That's really kind. And I, I really appreciate it. And I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to negotiate with you. I trust what you're saying to me. Uh, and, but I'm just telling you, I still can't. I can't afford that. He said, okay, well, you pray about it. And I did. I, I began to just kind of pray. And over the next couple of weeks, a couple of circumstances changed. A couple of things happened in our life that were very unexpected. So money came our way that we didn't expect to come our way, that we weren't planning on coming our way. Some things happened that suddenly put that house 
within about two weeks, within reach. And uh, I called, called Ms. Pam. I said, is that, what, what's happening with that house? He says, we haven't even put it on the market yet. I said, why not? He said, because you're supposed to have that house. <laughs> I've been waiting on you to call me back. And uh, we made a deal. We made a deal uh, that day. And I said, look, we're going to put our house on the market. If we can get what we're, what we're going to ask for, we'll be able to get into that house. Uh, some things have changed in our life. We'll be able to meet that price. But here's what you've got to promise me. You've got to promise me that, that you uh, give me a month. If I can't sell in a month, you've got to put it on the market. And you, you've gotta, I can't ask you to sit on that house. He said, deal, deal. We put our house on the market on a, a Monday, and we signed the, the closing papers for it on Friday. That's how fast that process went. It was just the first person walked in the door. They looked at it. They said, we want it, and uh, we'll pay the full price for it, and boom, it was, it was done. Now, I share all that to say this. We had been disappointed. We'd been looking for a house for several months. We had been disappointed several times when we thought we had something that would work, and we ended up not being able to get there and getting no's in it, and somebody else would buy the house or some circumstance would happen, and, and we couldn't get everything together to be able to get the house. And so we'd been really disappointed. We'd wonder, God, where are you in all of this? But over the next couple of years, as we would drive by some of those houses that we were disappointed that we hadn't got, we would drive by and look at each other and say, sure glad we didn't get that one. Sure glad God said no to that because he had something better. Here's what we learn. The pathway to God's yes many times has to pass by God's no. We have to be, we have to hear the no, and sometimes when we hear the no, we get frustrated. Sometimes when we hear the no, sometimes people get angry. Where's God at in this? I thought God was taking care of me because they've gotten the no. But the man of faith sees the world differently than that. He doesn't see the world through this aspect of, boy, I've just lost something. He sees that, that his, this world as God is working out his plan in my life. The man of faith does not pray in many of these cases for his will to be done. But he's learned to pray for God's will to be done. Now there are things for sure, certainly, that I know are God's will. I have friends that are not saved, that haven't, that, that haven't come to know Christ yet, and I know it's God's will that they come to know Christ because the Word of God says it. It's God's will that all men be saved. So when I pray for that, I'm praying for that, saying, God, I know what you want, and you know what I want, and I'm asking you to move in this person's life and reach out and touch their life. 
Uh, so there's, there's some of them, but there's, there's other things in life, like, you know, getting the new house that you may think you know what's best, and God knows far better what he wants to bless you with than what you're thinking in that moment. And this can apply to so many things across the board in our life where we can think, I've got this figured out. I know exactly what I should get, and I'm going to ask God for that. And I'm going to believe, and if I don't get it, I'm disappointed and I'm upset. Instead of putting our faith in God. See, Jesus taught us to pray this way. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as we come to these great decisions of life, we need to think about this prayer. We're praying not for our will because we don't know the full picture. We don't know everything that God has. We don't know what God really wants to bless us with. And we need to be praying, God, for we want your will. See, when we understand that, a no is as good as a yes. And instead of being disappointed when I get the no, I can feel encouraged when I get the no. What this means is, is when you're walking through this part of your life, you have nothing to lose. Because God's involved in your life, you've invited God into the purposes of your life, and his will is perfect in your life, and you can receive the no with the same gratefulness that you receive the yes. See, no one can keep you from God's will except you. A no simply means that simply moves you forward to what God's true will is. If you'd gotten the yes, you'd have, missed the, you'd have missed his will. We recognize many times if God had given us the yes in a couple of the things we asked for, we would have had a lot more work on our hands. We wouldn't have had a nice, as nice a place on our hands. We wouldn't have had everything that God eventually allowed us to have. But we had to hear the no to get to what God had planned for us and what God eventually blessed us with. Trusting God takes the sting out of what seems to be a setback. Setbacks are really step forwards. They're really just putting something behind me that now is off the plate, that now is not going to happen, so I can move forward to more clearly discover what God does have for me. Faith tells us that God's going to provide for us. So take the no's with faith. Take the seemingly disappointments with faith. Take the discouragement with faith that God hasn't forgotten your name he hasn't forgotten what, where you're at and what he wants to do in your life. Here's a second way we have to see life. Faith sees the glory instead of the ruin. It is impossible to ruin the life of the person of faith. Bad things can happen to us. Things that we don't like can happen to us. But even when the, when, when the circumstances of life come against us, 
that we don't like or that are disappointing or harmful. We know that God will move in our life so that we can overcome them. We are, if you've studied scriptures at all, one of the scriptures that most people know is Romans 8, 28 that says, uh, and we know that, that, those who, that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, now listen to the next couple of verses. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. He's working all these things to form us in the image of his Son. In order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. This passage, as we've talked many times, does not say all things are good. It tells us all things work together for good. That if we love God, if we are following after his calling in our life, which every one of us have, that he will bring glory to our life even when we've been wounded. He will take what comes into our life that the enemy means for harm, and he turns it for good. Joseph gives us this story. We hear the story of Joseph sold into slavery by his brothers, uh, in, in prison and in slavery for years, and the day comes when God takes this wound and this betrayal, and God turns it and lets his dream lift him up to the number two place in all of Egypt. Years would go by as he would rule Egypt, and finally his brothers would come, and his early dreams would be fulfilled. They would bow before him, and he would take care of them. And eventually they would all come to Egypt. To make a long story short, you can read that in the last part of Genesis. His dad dies, and his brothers sit there and they think, wow, we're in big trouble. We are in big trouble. Uh, Dad's dead. Joseph's probably just been waiting for Dad to die to get even with us. And they come and they throw themselves at, at his feet. And in Genesis 50, 20, we get this great revelation of how God moves in our life. Joseph, at the end of all this, picks them up weeps with them and tells them what you meant for evil, God meant for good and for the saving of many. When we begin to look at our problems and our issues with faith, yes, people may come along, things may come along that seem like their whole and complete intent is for evil. But God can take even the evil plans of the enemy and turn those things into good for the saving of many. Thank God Joseph kept the faith through those years in slavery. He kept the faith through those years in prison. He kept reaching out and believing and trusting God. 
until God lifted him out of those places into the very place where God would have him to be. It's a great lesson for all of us in the sorrows and the hurts of our life to know that God, in his time, we may have to spend some time in some difficult places, but in his time, he will glorify us. As he has justified us, he will glorify us. In the moment of the pain and the aftermath of the situation, the person without faith sees nothing but ruin. But the person of faith, the person of faith he simply begins to cry out to God. He cries out for help, and he reaches out for the presence of God to move in his life. They may feel like there's nothing left to live for, but they don't question God. They look deeply to see what God's doing. They, now listen, we may have to face our own flawed decisions. It's hard to face the results of our choices sometimes. To blame God on the outcome of our bad choices is foolishness. If we make bad, ungodly choices and we reap the results of those things, we're just reaping the results of what we've done where we've disobeyed God. We may have to face the pain of others' flawed decisions. People that we love and people that we care for or people that influence or impact our life may make very flawed decisions. And we may have to walk through the pain of their decisions. They may be face-to-face. We may, be, we may find ourselves at times face-to-face with the unstableness of a fallen world that may leave us heartbroken. But the man of faith knows that God is a God of love and he will lift them up and bring glory through their lives as they trust and follow him. As they say, God, in the middle of all this pain, in the middle of all this, I'm trusting you to guide and direct my life. When the world is unstable, the man of faith is standing on the rock of his Savior. So when we come down to this altar tonight, if you're, if you're here today and we come down to the altar at the end of this service, bring your pain down. Bring the thing you're going through down. Let somebody pray with you that as you walk through this thing, you'll walk through it in a way that God can bring glory out of it in the fullness of your life. Now here's, here's the next thing. Faith sees themselves as a servant. This is one of the big mindsets, changes, that has to happen in every believer's life. We, we don't come to the altar and say, okay, God, you're now my God and you have to do my bidding now that I've accepted your son. No, we come to the altar and we say, you're, we now recognize that you're the creator of my life. You're the one who formed me and made me. And I'm thankful for what you've given me. And I've also recognized that I fall short of your glory. So I come to this altar to put my faith in your son and to accept the fact that you're the Lord of my life. That I'm the servant and you're the Lord. In Matthew 23, Jesus talks about this. He says, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. 
The servant honors the master. This is the call of life, to honor God through our service to others. And when you begin to see that, service isn't a sacrifice. Service becomes a purpose and a joy in your life when you begin to serve others. You become that conduit of God's blessing flowing through you. Here, here's what the people of faith have in common. When you look at, at Abel, when you look at Enoch, when you look at Abraham that are all talked about in this passage, when you look at these other men and women who are talked about in Hebrews chapter 11, there's a couple of things that they have in common. One is this. They see God as their provider, and they show thanks to God in very practical ways for providing for them. They are faithful to respond to God's provision. They see God as their strength, so they seek his presence. They walk with him. They worship him. They open their heart to him. They know that the manifest presence of God in their life brings joy and peace and assurance and gives them strength for the day, that the presence of God on this earth is a treasure that gives us just a down payment of what we're going to have when we get to be with God in heaven. Have you ever sensed him in a time of need? Have you ever sensed God's presence in a time of want? Have you ever been aware of him in a time of joy? Have you ever had him move on you through in times of prayer or worship? Friends, if you haven't, if you have, you know the treasure that God's presence is. And if you haven't, we want to tell you, you're missing one of the great things about walking with God is that He wants to show you, He wants you to sense and know His presence. One of the things the common men, the men of, the men of faith, men and women of faith have, have in common is they see God as their guide. They trust God to guide them more than they trust their own feelings, more than they tr certainly they trust a culture. They see God as the one who sets up the rules. They see God as the one to guide their life. And they follow his direction. And the men and women of faith, they see God as their example. And as God has served us, they serve others. I'm going to ask you to stand with me right now. And if you have these elements of communion with you today, Jesus instituted this for us just before his crucifixion. He told us to do this often, to do it in remembrance of him, to remember it was a real body that was going to be broken. This is where, again, the physical touches the spiritual. And today, as we partake of this together, we want to be reminded that his body was broken for ours. And we want our bodies to be bodies that serve him. And you know the way we serve him? The, one of the best ways we serve him is to serve other people. To find ways to care for other people in need, to point other people to Christ, 
to reach out to other folks in his name. This is one of the greatest ways we, 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 we come and honor Christ is in his name to serve others. And when you do that, I believe it makes God smile. I believe his presence is upon us. Let's take a moment right now and before we receive communion, I'm going to ask Dan to lead us in this song. And just look deeply in your heart and ask yourself, am, am, am I right with God? Am I in a right place with God to receive communion today? Father in heaven, we're so grateful that you sent your son because you love this world. That anyone who believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We're so thankful that your spirit comes even now to lead us and to guide us into all truth. That you're very practical and daily in our lives that his body was broken for us. Father, you know the circumstance of every person in this room. There are some in this room that by their own choices, there's brokenness in their life. There's some in this room that by the choices of others, completely out of their control, there's brokenness in their life. There's some that just because of the brokenness of this world, the pain of this world, there's hurt in their life. Father, we know you sustain us. We know you can keep us. And we know that not only will you sustain us and keep us, but Father, you desire to lift us up and to glorify us and to use what the enemy means as harm for good so today Father we pray you begin to heal our lives of this brokenness Father if we need to repent of things that we would repent of them turn from them but that Father we would find your healing power moving in our lives moving in our bodies give us health and strength to serve you each day we receive this emblem in Jesus' precious name, remembering the work done for us in faith, we receive it. Amen. We can talk about a lot of things, important things here on Sunday morning. A lot of important truths of God's Word that we need to know. Some of the things we've talked about today, just a new mindset of, wow, we've got to hear a no sometimes to get to God's yeses. That, that just gives me so much peace. When I'm praying for my kids or I'm praying for decisions, I know I've got, every now and then I'm going to hear a no because God's working to get me to His yes. When I know when, when tough things happen, God's going to work them out for His good. I just keep trusting him and find That just gives me so much. We, we need to learn those lessons. But hear me. There's nothing more important that we can tell you. There's nothing more important than this truth. Jesus' blood was shed on the cross, was poured out on the cross so that you and I who are guilty on our own can be covered and whole 
and stand before God by his perfect blood instead of by our guilty blood. That the only way to heaven is by putting our faith in Jesus' name. And today when we partake of this, that's what we're confessing to ourselves, to our bodies, and into the heavenlies. And if you haven't made that decision, if you haven't crossed that line, we encourage you to do that right now. To put your faith in Jesus right now. To ask him to be the Lord of your life right now. He's done all the work. He's just waiting for you to cry out to him. Everyone who calls on his name will be saved. Father, today you know the condition of every person in this room. Father, you know where our faith is at with your son. And you know those who right now need to put their faith in your son. And I pray in Jesus' name you'd convict us, you'd stir us. And that we would not escape this simple part of the message today that the most important thing we can do is put our faith in your son. Those of us who have done that, we come here rejoicing. We come to this moment thankful that your blood was shed for us so that we could be guiltless even though we're guilty. Thank you for covering our sin and being merciful to us. And we receive this in Jesus' name. Prayer teams, would you come down to the front? While they're coming, um, if you've not sensed the presence of God in your life, let me tell you, it, this is, God, God wants to reach into your life. I found in my life that it's a simple thing. If I go and I shut myself in with him for a little while, if I just tell him how much I need him, how much I long for him, if I begin to confess my needs to him, it's not long until I begin to sense the presence of God moving in my life. Sometimes in gentle, gentle ways and sometimes in overwhelming ways. I want you to know God's presence is real and available for you. He loves you. Today we're going to open these altars and if you have any need that you're facing in life, you're going through anything, you, maybe you're in the middle of some attacks, come on down, let somebody pray with you. If you're going through a, a physical issue, you need somebody to pray to come down and let somebody pray with you. Uh, if, you if you need to make sure your heart's right with God, you come down and let somebody pray with you. God bless you. I love you. May the joy of the Lord be yours every day. Let's worship the Lord while people come. Oh, God bless you all. Thanks for worshiping with us today. Grace and peace.